Yo, Trey. Kevin, what's up, man? You know, I've been thinking, what would have happened if the NBA never vetoes the Chris Paul trade to the Lakers and we get CP3 in the same backcourt as Kobe in L.A.? Well, you get a very happy Jack Nicholson, for sure. And the Lakers probably win a bunch more championships. CP3 finally gets a ring or two or three. And the Kardashian empire is forever altered. What did you just say? Hey, everybody, I'm Trey Wingo. And I'm Kevin Frazier, and we're teaming up on a new weekly sports podcast from Wondery Alternate Routes. As former sports center anchors and current sports obsessives, we're consumed by all the what-if questions that make being a sports fan so excruciatingly fun. If you're like us, then you also live and die on the fallout from every drop pass. Or play call. Each week on Alternate Routes, we'll take a flashpoint in sports, break down what actually happened, then explore every alternate scenario and the ripple effects it would have caused. Follow Alternate Routes on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. Welcome to Slammed, a Boston Celtics podcast where we cover the Celtics and the rest of the NBA. I'm Megan Adelini from WEEI, joined by Esteban Bustillo from GBH and Justin Turpin, also of WEEI and Odyssey. So while most of the NBA is going on break, we are here to look at, da-da-da-da, drumroll, Joe Missoula's 100th victory and where these Celtics sit at uh, partway through the season. I mean, all-star break, it's like not exactly half, but partway through the season and so uh let's just start there how are you guys feeling with where the celtics are is there anything that you could even nitpick with this team after the blowout that they had over the nets with a 50 point win last night yeah shout out to uh what a heartwarming moment they had giving missoula the game ball after his 100th 100th victory uh with the team which it's weird to think that he's already been uh here for that long to get that that many wins um i mean this is about as strong as you can look heading into the all-star break right two two back-to-back wins uh going from from brooklyn back to boston uh and last night's game not even a contest i mean a 50-point victory to head uh into into the break uh best overall record in the league right now 43 and 12 uh fifth in points per game first in net rating first in rebounds I think this is a. I don't. I don't know if there's any even nitpicks. I thought the we talked about this last weekend's uh, or last week on on the on our episode. Then they did really good trade trade deadline. This is. I I think they have every reason to feel good about themselves. Yeah, forty three and twelve, like you said, best record in the league, and it's their best mark since the 0809 season. So they really haven't had a start like this in a long, long time. And to be six games ahead of the Eastern conference this early into the NBA season is insane. Like the gap they've built on the rest of the Eastern conference. I mean, there just has been so much to like when you look at this team, like, Look at the improved in the clutch there. Uh, 18 and 8 tied for the second most wins or tied for the most wins with the Nuggets in the league. 17 and 9 on the road tied for the second most in the league. It's just there's so much to like about what this team's done and the numbers show it. Absolutely. And I I started with Missoula's 100th victory because I want to talk about the week that Missoula's having. And it's funny because, you know, like I'm going to cut him a little slack here. He's he's coming off some 
interesting appearances. First of all, I need to get this out of the way because this isn't even in the show doc. But Justin, what is the Spider-Man thing going on? So you know what I'm I, talking about? Yes, yes. They've actually had a different kind of keyword for every press conference. Ironically, they didn't have one last night, but before the Spider-Man, you know it was yeah, right. They probably did. Before, Esteban, do you know about this? I I saw it for the first time last night when uh, someone asked Jalen Brown about Spider-Man, but I was I was caught off guard. I, I was so please, sir, please please explain. Yeah, yeah, so they've had like a different keyword for each press conference. So two games ago it was past the pill where Al Horford said it. And then they all said it past the pill. It's like, no one really says that. And then Joe mentioned Spider-Man and like Jalen's kind of came up organically, but Tatum went out of his way to mention Spider-Man. So like, I think they're kind of messing with the media a little bit, but it is kind of funny. They didn't have one last night, at least to our knowledge. But uh, I did think the Spider-Man comparison was kind of funny and it's kind of true in a sense too, but they have had like a different code word for each press conference, like where they're all kind of saying it. So that's something to watch when you're listening to these, because they've <laughs> done it the last couple of times. Justin, are, are you too young for super troopers? Uh, yeah, never Super heard of Troopers? that. No, never You've heard never heard. heard of the movie Super Troopers? No. Okay. So we were talking about this um, during one of the breaks this week uh, on the radio show. And Super Troopers is, uh, I, I think you would like it a lot. I recommend that you go back and watch it. Um, I, I want to say it's like early aughts comedy. Um, very stupid movie about highway state troopers. But the thing is, they they play this game where when they pull people over, it's not going to be funny when you explain a joke, but basically they try to say meow as many times to the person. And I feel like that's what the Celtics are doing. Like they're meowing the media right now. And I'm just like, how bored is this team? Or just how weird is Joe? But I do think that it indicates that this team is in a very stupid way. Like it's a stupid indication, not that it's stupid that they feel this way, but that they're buying in to what Joe Missoula is selling. And it's hard to see why they wouldn't. Um, everyone except for maybe Jalen Brown, because earlier over the weekend, uh, Jalen did have this to say when they were down at halftime about Joe Missoula's jokes in the locker room. He said he told a couple jokes in the third quarter to break up the tension. Yeah. Did he do that? Yeah, I mean. Does he do that often, I guess? Um, Joe, tell jokes. Yeah. I, I wouldn't say he does it often, but I think he, de he definitely, uh, you know, tries to put his personality in there. You know, some days he has, be he has better luck than today, <laughs> uh, I, I would say. but He told yeah. us they were very funny. That's what he told you? Yeah. Then I guess that's what we're going to go with. <laughs> uh, we were losing at the time. I didn't find it funny. Um, but I understand, you know, that's Joe. So Jalen, like, you know, I do think that Jalen veers a little more on the serious side with some of this stuff. Um, but the I, I just wanted to go into the I still can't believe you haven't seen Super Troopers, but I wanted to go into that for a minute. Um, Missoula is also in the middle of, you know, he picks his spots with media guys. And I don't think he really started this. You guys remember a couple of weeks back, uh, Kendrick Perkins, who, of course, is a Celtics yeah. champion. Um, and is on ESPN. He had this quote that was like, Joe Missoula, you put a brain, his brain in a bird. Sometimes it'll fly backwards. Something along the lines of that. He's used the same quote to talk about Kyrie Irving too. Um, and this is what he had to say. He was being a little bit critical of the Celtics offense. 
But when you also have their personnel, I would love to see more post-ups from the wings and the guards. When you think about Jason Tatum, 6'9", 6'10", wide shoulders, and his variety of moves that he have on that low block and mid-post areas. Drew Holiday is an underrated post guard, post player in the league. When he gets the player to, of his size, his strength and his ability to get to his spots is so underrated. It's times where you see Jalen Brown somewhat disappear throughout the offense. So, again, it's about finding that balance and not just be, being a three-point shooting team because if those threes are not falling, what else are you going to lean on? And I feel like they, they have the personnel to do it. They just have to get it done and start practicing it now. And so, Tarp, I'm wondering, were you in the press conference when Joe Missoula addressed that kind of indirectly? Yeah, it's actually the second time he's kind of taken an indirect shot at uh, Perk. There was another one earlier in the year where he was given the injury report and a reporter jokingly asked him for a doctor's analysis on it. He said, you know, I can't do that. I'm a bird brain. So he keeps receipts on it. Like he knows what Perk is saying. And uh, yeah, I was I was at the press conference for that one. And I kind of love this back and forth between. Okay. Them too. So here's exactly what he said. Yeah, I mean, we talked over last week, so we definitely think we need to post more. I don't think we're posting enough. Um, and so Al's kind of been good of getting those mismatches and, and the guys have been able to find them. Why is that something you feel like you should emphasize more? I was joking. We're second in, in frequency <laughs> and first in efficiency. And it's true that the Celtics are second only behind the Nuggets, at least at the time of this press conference, uh, in their efficiency in post-ups. But... I guess, do you guys, I don't have a problem with him going back and forth with Perk. Like, Perk has started it. That's his right. Whatever. Put your energies wherever you want to put them. But is Perk, does he have any kind of point, even though those stats don't really back up, but the the spirit maybe of what he was saying? And is Joe still maybe a little bit sensitive about the three-point Missoula ball that everybody, you know, seems to glom onto in kind of a casual way, Esteban? Uh, I guess my first question, have they met, have they ever like, inter- do, we, do we know if they've ever interacted in person? I don't know. I hope so. Because like, I feel like it's kind of, I, I don't, I personally don't like, you know, I throw shots out there when I can, I try to go and yeah. be in locker rooms and stuff when I can, I haven't done enough this year, but like, it, you know, you take a shot at somebody basically calling them a bird brain. It's kind of tough if you have never met them. Yeah, and you know, you know, it, this is this is sort of the the state of of how things work when you have that that large platform. You 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 can say uh, uh, you know, I guess riskier things, and it, it gets attention. Uh, so it, it makes sense. Um, I I don't necessarily. I mean, the the numbers themselves don't don't back it up per se. Uh, this this criticism. Uh, I I think overall the game. We touched on this before too. The game is, is isn't moving as much towards towards post ups. You know, I didn't think first if you're first only behind Denver, who has Jokic, that's a or second only behind Denver. Uh, that's a pretty good place to be, especially when you have someone as as talented as as Porzingis. Um, I you know they're not going and just barreling their shoulders into people anymore, and that's across the league. So I, I don't think this is just uh, something that that the Celtics are are dealing with per se. Um, so I, I I kind of I kind of side or, or go against the the criticism here because I don't I don't necessarily think it, it applies in this case. At least at least me personally. I think 
maybe perk like look it's a terrible specific example to use because the the stats don't back it up i do think that there is a little bit of the game where the variety can sometimes get a little stagnant but i don't see that as a criticism with this year's team compared to previous teams like last year's team the team that Emeo Doka coached two seasons ago, I mean, that team, the ball would get stuck on offense all the time. So, yeah. like, I, I just don't feel like it's – I understand what Perk is saying. Nobody ever wants to live and die by the three, even in the modern game. But I wouldn't criticize this this team for that on most nights. And then I thought it was interesting. I don't know if you guys watched um, – you know, if or if you noticed, I should say, in that Nets game, the first of the back-to-back, that the first minute 15 or minute 20 of the game was just almost entirely post-ups on offense. And <laughs> I, I doubt, I doubt Missoula would say that's intentional, but it felt like a little bit of a dig to play from the inside um, in the entire like just to jumpstart that game. Yeah, 20 of their first 23 were in the paint that game. That's almost wild. Like Perk, almost like Perk drew it up. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I think so there too, you go. In the end, he's getting what yeah. he wants, right? Yeah. And I think, too, like, uh, like the, the post play itself is, is, is changing, too, right? We're not just seeing guys going and, you know, again, barreling their way towards the rim. It's going, getting, uh, you know, fading more. Uh, getting getting open shots near the rim, not necessarily at the rim, um, which is something Porzingis has done really well uh, throughout his time here in Boston and throughout his time in the league. So it it doesn't necessarily mean it's going to look the way someone like Kendrick Perkins would do it back back in that heyday. They're they're still doing it. It's just looking a little bit different. Uh, again, not just in Boston, across the league as a whole. So as we look ahead, we're going to address some of the all-star stuff in uh, Take Flight. But coming out of the all-star break, this is always a little bit of a vulnerable time for teams who are front runners in the league. And I'm not saying front runners game to game, but front runners in terms of how far ahead the Celtics look on top of the rest of the East. What do you guys see as uh, vulnerabilities for this team as they look down the stretch ahead of the playoffs? I mean, they're, I think it's just how far they want to take. I think, I think the easiest thing for anybody in their position to do would be get complacent um, to feel like they, they have such a great record. Uh, you know, the other teams in the East are, are all trying to look up to them and they, they, they've really been in that position really the entire year. I think it's, I don't on-court execution is is looking uh, good. I mean, as long as they stay healthy, I think they'll stay in the position that they're in. Um, I think the only sort of thing that can get in the way of things is, is themselves, which has been maybe one of the the the, the Achilles' heel for for the Celtics uh, these past few years is them being able to, to handle the, the success that they've had, uh, or you know you know being able to figure out figure things out, but they don't have to do that anymore. They don't have, they, this team, it seems has figured out what it is. Uh, so I think it's, it's just not getting comfortable that at least that that's, that's what I, what I see at this point. 
Yeah, I also think they can't stumble out of the All-Star break. Like, that's something they did last year. Four day, four games after the All-Star break last year, they lost the number one seed and never reclaimed it. And granted, they didn't have a six-game cushion like they do this year, but that's something they can't afford to do again. Like, they need to stay focused, and that's something Missoula's preached, like staying focused, winning the day-to-day battle, and just kind of taking it right with that right mindset. So I don't think it'll be a problem, but I'm with Espon. I think you're kind of going to tinker a little bit here in the second half, really figure out what your playoff rotation is going to look like going forward start to get those new guys acclimated because it looks like Xavier Tillman could really have a spot in this playoff rotation. So I think health is obviously the biggest thing and uh, just continuing the day-to-day grind that they've been doing. Uh, Couldn't get my mute button off. I largely agree. Um, I think complacency is always an issue for these teams, not just Celtics in particular, but these teams that have championship aspirations. Um, I think health is the other important thing. And it's hard because that's even with all the um, exercise science people that they have around there, that's not really something you can control. I'm interested in Tillman. I'm interested to see how they use him down the stretch when how much they're going to rest Porzingis and, you know, make sure that he doesn't take any risks with some of these uh stretches going down the rest of the regular season. And if Tolman's going to jump into that spot in the rotation, if Cornette's going to be in there in a real way, it's just something to watch. Uh, anything else that you guys want to add? Do you want to get into Duncan Robinson at all? Because the heat, look, it's hard to say like it's a total rivalry with the heat when the Celtics swept that this year, but I still feel like there's always a thing with the heat and this team. And when they won last time, there's no Butler on the floor and Rozier goes down partway through. Uh, I, I, you know, I I would go that opposite. I think it is a rivalry just given the playoffs and and how that history has played out recently. Um, I first, I I'm glad no one got hurt. This is not uh, something I necessarily expect from either Jalen Brown or Duncan Robinson to, to get, uh, contentious to the point of of people possibly getting injured that's not something that, that i think anybody expects from either of them uh you know basketball is basketball things happen tempers flare um but yeah i i think it's good that that they don't like each other uh you know it, it's it's good for the game it's good it's good for what i, I would say is, has um uh, been probably the most consistent eastern conference rivalry um yeah it, it, it's it is telling i know you know butler wasn't playing but still like to sweep that team who consistently year in year out is always a good team uh that's a great sign for for the celtics uh going forward uh and so yeah i kind of liked it i kind of liked the the chippiness uh i i'm i'm sure and i, I saw you know missoula was thrilled about it yeah it was a good look how many NBA teams do you guys think genuinely dislike each other? I feel like it's kind of a rarity in today's game, which makes that even feel like even more of a rivalry, especially considering the fact they've been to three of the last four Eastern Conference yeah. finals, two of those series going to seven games. Like when you look around the league, there's not like a ton of like teams that genuinely don't like each well, other. Well, the Bucks have some stuff, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The Bucks have some stuff. Bucks there's and Indy. And Giannis and his precious game ball. You know, I'd say there's some true animosity there. And that yeah. also, I think that part of that is like they played five times in a matter yeah. of like three months. So like, I think that plays into a little bit too. But when you're talking yeah. like around the league, like consistent Maybe. rivalries over the last couple of years, like, like I feel like, like this is the only one. 
it's like the entire league against Trey Young. <laughs> yeah, that's a good, that's a fair one. Yeah, yeah. Uh, or maybe even going back just a little bit, even like uh, maybe the Cavs Warriors. I, I don't even that. I don't know if they they disliked each other, but the way that that these two teams, like I, I think part of it is just the whole Heat culture thing, whether it's real or fake. Like they they that that comes off that that uh, the way it is, and it it it. it, it I think they they try to to buy into that persona and and uh, they when when Jimmy Butler is on he he's really on and he doesn't try to make friends out there and uh, you know each team has broken the other team's heart so yeah I I hope they meet up in the playoffs again again uh, without any injury or, or anybody getting tied up the the way it happened but uh, yeah everybody walked yeah, away it was good with the heat stuff I mean look I think that'll be there as long as there's the connection that. Pat Riley and anyone who's connected to Danny Ainge, you know, there's still an Ainge that works in Boston and Brad Stevens worked under Danny Ainge. And, you know, uh, you can look at Missoula and say that he's Stevens protege and Pat Riley's still there. So Pat Riley and Danny Ainge hated each other. So (laughs) I think some of it comes down from the top on both sides. I don't know if Brad Stevens like hates anyone with the heat, but I think it goes the other direction. I think the Heat definitely hate the Celtics from the top down. That's like Heat culture. It's hating fair. Boston. And even <laughs> like look at the recent Haslam comments. Like it goes back a good while now where these teams like really don't like each other. So I think like in the current NBA, I'd argue that this might be the best rivalry right now in the current mm-hmm. landscape of the league. Yeah. Yeah. I like that. I like that. All right. Let's move on to take flight. Uh, this is the portion of the pod when we go through just a couple quick hits around the league and we're going to start with all-star weekend and all-star weekend. I mean, it's as easy as this. What are you looking forward to most for me? It's absolutely Jalen Brown and the dunk contest. I'm so glad that we're actually getting it. Um, I always find the skills competitions around all-star weekend to be way more entertaining than the game itself. Like, you know, the game is the game. It's going to be a crazy number of points and I, I like the skills competition more. Uh, I think Jalen Brown getting a little rest last night. I don't have a problem with that. You know, he's going in, everybody's talking about how physical it's going to be yeah. in the dunk contest. So I like it's, it. it we, we talked about this too last week. Uh, Justin, has he given any more insight into what his plans? I know, you know, he doesn't want to show his cards yet. Has he given any more insight into, into what he's going to do? He did. He did say expect Jason Tatum to be involved in some capacity, and Tatum said he'd be open to that. So I'm looking forward to that. I mean, people eat that yeah. stuff up. Yeah. My pitch after watching the Super Bowl and it adds, bring the Dunk Kings. Uh, have, Ooh. Have him jump, I like what over, you're Yeah, I mean. Over Brady? Oh, over Brady or Affleck or Damon, you know, it's in the zeitgeist now, whether for good or bad, uh, people will recognize it immediately. You know, I'm sure, you know, Affleck or Damon would, would run. It feels feels like they, they, anytime a major Boston athlete asks them to be a part of something, they're like down in a heartbeat. So, uh, are they going to go to Indy though? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's the problem. I mean, the All Star game no, is there, so I know with the location. Yeah, so uh, I, I, uh, I, I would, I would like to see it. Do, do a little bit cross, cross promotion. Uh, yeah, it, it, that, that, and that's you know, we, 
usually that sort of uh, kitschy stuff is enough to to win to win you some brownie points. Uh, when 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 get that that coveted tin in the All Star Dunk Contest. Now, if Tatum's involved in Jalen's dunk, yeah. is it possible Jalen dunks over Deuce? <laughs> <laughs> Because Deuce is kind of tall. He's tall for his age. Maybe, maybe if he stands, if he's on Tatum's uh, shoulders, that's uh, too dangerous. Uh, it's too yeah. dangerous. We can't. We can't put both um, Tatum's at risk. You know. <laughs> yeah. Um, I am also really interested in uh, Steph Curry, Sabrina Unescu doing this three-point uh, shootout. Uh, first time ever uh, NBA versus WNBA uh, contest. I really like it. Uh, I think it's 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 a good uh, place to showcase both of their talents. Uh, I think that's going to be a lot of fun. I'm re- I'm really looking forward to that. I think it's really cool. Uh, you do notice, and um, over the last couple years, I know the NBA as a partner has always been cross promotion with the WNBA, but I feel like it's really ramped up, and perhaps it's just some popularity of having some big stars emerge from college going into the WNBA. But I, I think it's cool that they're incorporating that. I'm excited, you know, Steph, just hope yeah. it's uh, nobody takes it easy from either side. You know, I want yeah. 100% effort on both sides. I, I think, and they're both, they both have that edge. Uh, so I'm, I'm with it. What, what, what event are you looking forward to the most, Justin? Definitely Jalen in the dunk contest. In fact, he has the second shortest odds. I might sprinkle on Jalen. I think he's going to surprise some people. I don't think we've seen yeah. all of his bag, and I think he's really going to he's really going to show off some moves. I think McClung is obviously like a heavy favorite, and he should be because he won it last year. And we saw that man can that man can jump. But uh, I definitely I definitely like am looking forward to see what Jalen can do because a lot of people are saying like, oh, I don't know why he's doing. He's more of an in game dunker. Like, what exactly is an in game dunker? Like, if you can dunk, you can dunk, right? Yeah. Like. I'm excited to see what he can do, and I think he's going to surprise a lot of people. How, how do y'all feel about the because all, all these skills uh, challenges are uh, going to be happening at Lucas Oil Stadium? They're going to have an LED court. Um, I am kind of I, I'm I'm sort of curmudgeonly about it. Uh, Me, you know my feelings on these courts, man. <laughs> it's the same thing with the in season tournament, and I'm like, why are you guys so obsessed with the court? Like, yeah. come up with something else. It's so. I look, yeah, I'm not going to pretend like they're doing this in the playoffs or the finals or anything. So it's some kind of sacred ground. It's just, I have a, I, I have a prediction that it's going to be very annoying to watch. <laughs> I yeah. don't want something annoying and flashing and like, I get annoyed enough by those stupid color, like different color courts in the IST. I can't imagine what yeah. the LED thing is going to be. Yeah, and the, I'm sure they're going to give live stats. I mean, I think you know. I wouldn't be surprised if this is a, a like a precursor of sorts. I know. Be like, let's let's try it out and let's see what happens. And maybe like, who knows? Like, this is like the finals court in a few years where you're getting like live betting updates on the court oh. in real time, uh, which I, I wouldn't be surprised. By. I mean, uh, Terp, how, what, how do you feel about the 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 court of the future? I'm with Megan. I hate it. I hate it. Just leave the court how it is. Like, if you want to yeah. do the the betting live update, so be it. Just put it next to the score ticker. Like, there's no reason to make the court like a or make an alternate thing. broadcast. You know? yeah, yeah, right. Like, there's no reason to like mess with the court and make it like LED. And like, it's is this going to be stupid. actually on the real court or is this just on the broadcast? Because I couldn't imagine like trying to participate in this skills competition. This... The courts like I thought it colors. was the real court. So it is the real court. I didn't. I wasn't. I wasn't like sure it's if it was physical court. 
Right. Like, and right. it's pretty cool. Here's the other obnoxious. thing. That's that's dangerous. And not yes. in the way that Jalen Brown was slipping around on the IA IST court. Dangerous in that, like, what if someone hacks it? What oh, if someone yeah. hacks the LED court and they put up like, hey, look at so and so's Instagram likes. Yeah, and it's, you know, all of a sudden yeah. you have like a big booty on the floor or something, you yeah. know, like this could happen. That would be terribly dangerous for the NBA. Yeah. Yeah. It could and, really uh, backfire. It would I, be terrible if someone gets the idea to do that. <laughs> the the other the other thing foreshadowing uh, something. <laughs> no, I'm not a hacker. Uh the the other thing it, you you mentioned it like jokingly, but I think it is true, is like, you know. I don't know how this will work as a playing surface. I'm sure they've, you know, tried it out in some way, but it, I don't know. I, I I can't think of anybody who's been like, yeah, we played on a screen before. Right. Um, uh, it's yeah, it's it's a. I mean, who knows? What well, maybe it'll be really cool, but I'm I'm sort of uh, very reserved about it personally. Um. All right, moving on because we have a little more to tackle. Espan, you threw this in here, so uh, you pitched this. Yes. Mm the the all-star weekend destination that needs to happen yes uh as as y'all know i am uh i am not a a boston native but the all-star game needs to come back to boston uh it has not happened here since 1964 lyndon baines johnson was president the nation was still mourning the assassination of john f kennedy that was the last time the the NBA's premier event outside of you know the playoffs and the finals was in Boston, one of the game's most historic cities, where two major stars are from. You have the parquet, you have you know the red the the legacy of Red Arback. Uh, yeah, bring bring it back. It's it's kind of crazy that it hasn't happened between like I said, 64 and, and now, I mean, 60 years, 60, literally 60 years. Um, yeah. I mean, the, the city's grown so much. There's so much that has to offer now. Uh, you know, the TD garden is, is uh, it's done a lot of great renovations over the years. Yeah. It, it needs to come back. TD garden's definitely doing its job. Um, you know, the Bruins own that building, but they've done a really nice job with their renovations over the last several years. And if you look like obviously Chase Center is brand new or uh, just a couple years old. So you understand why they're having it out there. And then the new Clippers arena, you're going to want to debut that. The only right. thing is any, any time, like it might be the last time that they had this was in 1964. Cause that was the last time, like the MBTA was dependable, you know, <laughs> like anytime that we have these Yeesh. conversations, the infrastructure of the city, we're talking about moving around a bunch of people in the middle of February. You know, I, yeah. I, there's a side of me that's like, yes, the Celtics organization has done their work and um, their partnership with the Bruins in order to be a host city. And they certainly have the pedigree and they certainly have everything to offer, but it's like, yeah. I don't know, man, all I read is about the T going bankrupt and people being trapped in tunnels and trains catching on fire. That's, so that's a really good a point. Tough. That's a really good point. I, I, you know, I, I just look at, uh, even with that and hopefully, you know, that, that wouldn't be the case, but it, it's just kind of crazy to me that, um, the city with with one of the two most historic franchises in the league, I think safe to say Lakers and Celtics. Um, and they just haven't 
hosted. I guess part of it too is like, where would the, because uh, usually they have the the main arena and then like a separate like facility for the events, uh, all star other all star events, the the skills challenges and stuff. What would that be? Would it be like Heinz or something? I don't know. That's the other thing is I, I like uh, because if you're looking at facilities, the Gillette Stadium is so far away. <laughs> you know, yeah. that's a, that's like a conservatively from TD Garden. That's a forty minute drive. Probably if couldn't nobody be outdoors either. Yeah, if nobody yeah. else is on the road. So yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Would you like to see it back in Boston? There's like a. I guess there's like a Gannis over yeah. by EO. Might be yeah. too small for what they're looking yeah. for, though. I would love to see it back in Boston. I just like like we were just talking about, like logistically, will it make sense and is it possible? I know Adam Silver was reported he was kind of encouraging Boston to submit an application to host uh, the All Star Game, and I, like I think it eventually it'll come back. But I mean, as long as this train, like Megan said, is is not running the MBTA, like we just don't have the reliable infrastructure to blame welcome it on all these the, people. Blame like, it on the MBTA. Like, seriously, know? like. Get, get let them get their stuff together then maybe we could host an all-star game for yeah. now they're ruining the fun yeah, yeah. all right let's hit this one quickly um it's kind of like a non-starter news story but still interesting from Woj in that the warriors and lakers engaged in a very brief conversation about the possibility of lebron moving on after airing his grievances in a very vague way on social media um and what was interesting to me in this report was the kind of side note that Woj put in there that the Sixers reached out as well and said, hey, you know, to Jeannie Buss and Clutch, is there any interest here? Could we make something happen? And they said, how about Embiid? And they replied with like a click. <laughs> <laughs> um, can you yeah. see, I, you know, 39 years old, um, hasn't done much with Anthony Davis since the bubble playoffs in championship can you see lebron going anywhere else to finish his career and what else did you take away from that story from Woj? yeah i mean i guess it was interesting because i think it was the week before there was sort of that unsubstantiated rumor that the lakers were gonna have some sort of trade for him at at, at the at the deadline or near the deadline. obviously that didn't happen and, and the lakers were like no this is not true um but the fact that it's happened like twice now with, with these with these stories is is uh, I just don't know. Like, I, I can see him going somewhere else. I just don't know what you who has enough to trade for LeBron James. Uh, that's that's sort of been my question throughout all of this. And like, why would the Lakers give up their marquee guy? Not just their marquee guy, one of the marquee guys ever to play the game. Um, like, even with the Warriors thing, like, who how, how could that who would you have traded outside? Like, you're, you want to pair him with Stephen Curry, but I can't think of anybody you would trade for LeBron James besides Stephen Curry. They had four tradable contracts that that were on the table from their roster. I can't rattle them all off off the top of my head, but I I don't know. Even that one for one feels a little ridiculous for yeah. where both the franchises are. I think it would have to be a one for one of somebody like, you know, Luca or someone like that, where it's somebody who's been in an organization and is extremely talented for several years at this point. Yeah. And um, it's kind of stagnated with the organization, maybe a star who's forcing his way out. And so both stars are disgruntled, but even so it's like, okay, well, I don't really see LeBron and Dallas. So yeah. I don't know. I, I think it's, 
kind of a strange situation. It's, it's part of being in business with LeBron is giving over a lot of the personnel power and everything like that. But I, I, I get what you're saying about like there's smoke to this and it shouldn't be totally ignored, even though in this case it didn't come to anything. I, I don't think it's ridiculous to say that it's possible LeBron doesn't finish his career in L.A. Yeah, yeah. Again, I I could see it as a, as as a free agent, or he's saying I I want to I want to move on. But uh, I mean, Turkey, can you? Who would have enough to trade for LeBron? Like a trade? Like what what would that even look like? Uh, can you think of anything that would work? I can't even think of one that would work, especially in that short period of time at the trade deadline. Like this is something that would have to come to fruition over the off season. And considering next year is the last year he's under contract before coming an unrestricted free agent, I don't think anyone would trade for him. Period. Right now, like I don't, I don't blame Daryl Morey for reaching out. Like I think he's just doing his due diligence, especially if well, he, like, and he, he reaches word. out on everybody. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like, <laughs> like shoot or shoot, I respect the hell. Yeah. Out of him. And uh, same thing for the Warriors. Like, if, you know, of course you're gonna check in. Like if you think they're like you see those messages from LeBron of like of course you're gonna check in that doesn't necessarily mean he was available and it turns out he wasn't but I think at this point like LeBron just wants to play with Bronny like he's not gonna uproot his family right now Bronny's so close with USC where he's living now I just can't see him moving his family right now he just wants to play with Bronny like I don't necessarily get the vibe that he necessarily cares about winning another one like I think he's content with just being the star player he is and he's just waiting for his son. I think that's the last bucket list item for him. Like mm-hmm. he knows he's accomplished a ton in this, his career. And I don't think right now he's an intelligent guy. I think he knows that this Lakers team isn't enough right now to compete in the West. And he knows they're not quite there. So he's going to wait for Bronny to get to the league and then that'll choose his destination. And that's where he's going to finish his career. I mean, he's made it clear that he wants to play with his son. So I think that's all we're waiting for. And I mean, I saw in the recent mock drafts that Bronny might even go undrafted, which he hasn't had an impressive year as a freshman. Yeah. So we'll, well see if yeah. he declares. But like, he's a freshman. He's obviously had the health problems over the summer. So um, I think that's what we're waiting for when it comes to LeBron, though. It's like he kind of knows what he's established and he just wants to play with his son at this point. Absolutely. All right. Well, guys, I think that's it. We're going to roll into All-Star Week next week. I'm hoping to have some fun guests on the pod coming up in the next month or so so stay tuned for that but we will be with you next week uh probably right after some of the all-star competitions to try to uh dissect what we saw and you know how we followed about that led court (laughs) (laughs) thanks guys